It is Friday. It is once again Toy Department time. Uh, I'm Derek Madden. He's Matt Kolsky. And uh, can I can I start with a confession? Please. I didn't do all the homework this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of didn't either, I guess. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Yeah, sort of. That's that's sort of true. Um, I uh, I'm having an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm assuming that many people are are in this boat. You, you have a Netflix account, right? Like your own Netflix account. I do. So I've been cruising on a password for quite some time, and that came uh... to me. So, uh, so now I only get Netflix on my phone, which means I can watch it on my TV if I like beam it, cast it to the TV. But then I'm watching in bed, uh, and so for four nights I try to watch The Outlaws um, in bed, and I think I made it about ten to twelve minutes each time. <laughs> um, before falling asleep. I, you know, I have a severe sleep disorder, so I'm uh, watching TV in bed is not uh, productive for me often. Uh, yeah, well, same, but also, um, let's just. I'm gonna give you a pass. It it, it does not look very good from the parts that I saw while awake. <laughs> I think you get it. Like I don't know what happened. We'll just let's just start with this because let's just get right into the outlaws since we're not going to have much to say and uh, it's not good. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I somehow I got confused, and in my head I had seen like a really high Rotten Tomatoes score. If that existed before, it doesn't exist now. I know. And so somehow, like, I kept expecting something to happen to make it something other than a pretty dumb movie that's exactly what you'd expect from looking at the cast and the, like, cover photo. And it didn't. So there's my review. Like, if you look at the cast and the cover photo and get excited... By all means, it's probably exactly what you think it is. And if you look at the cast and the cover photo and go, that looks dumb, then it is probably exactly what you expect. So, so if, if we can flip the page back to me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, presumably I need to get my own Netflix subscription if, just for this podcast, if, if nothing else. I mean, I think probably. But like... I gotta be honest, I I kinda don't wanna reward them with my money. Right. Because I feel like uh, I'm, you know, I I know she's a bit of the toast of Hollywood, but this Bella lady, uh, who vaguely depicted in uh Black Mirror, uh episode one uh of this new season, um I I just think that the shows the originals are so much worse since she taken over and it re- it just really bothers me <laughs> like like yeah. gourmet cheeseburger shit ain't working when, no when it pays off, like in the you know like say the diplomat it's like a, it's a mild high you know what i mean and most of the time it, the rest of the time it's crap you know what i mean yes it's just I, it's I, been I, so mediocre for so long over there like I, it really bugs me I, and i would almost say I mean, I already forget what we just discussed doing for homework, but like, go ahead and don't buy Netflix, and we'll see the next time it feels important to watch something on there. Because yeah, well, we what we have scheduled is the Wham documentary for homework. Oh, um, well, and I guess to be fair, that has been the best Netflix content we've watched in the whole entirety of the last what year. 
Yeah, and I feel like that's almost the kind of thing they do well is like sad middle brow, like semi reality stuff. You know, like right. You know, like and I guess there is fun, right? <laughs> and I've enjoyed TV. No, and I've enjoyed some of their trashy love based reality, reality yeah. but that's not really the the creative department over there seems to have uh, but i think that's the stuff that people are watching and i guess that's what they want netflix to be now you know what i mean but well I that's what like, netflix oh. wants netflix to be i i yeah. I, I struggle to believe that that's what the main the majority of the audience wants i think there's a couple things that go on one I is they're going by their numbers which they don't tell anyone about you know what well, i mean well yeah, but something tells me the numbers are a little misleading because I think what happens is people look for something better, and when they don't find it, they go straight to the lowest common denominator, which is, you know, love is blind or whatever. Um, so I, I'm not against the love is blinds of the world, but I, I think mixing in something that's actually good here and there would be good. Uh, then again, I have no idea how they're doing their business, and... Um, I just know that they're also in for a bit of a fight here, uh, to use acting, uh, moving forward. So, yeah. And I just, I, look, I'm not against gourmet cheeseburgers. I like gourmet cheeseburgers in real life. Well, but it, right. I but like you're going to have to know, cheeseburgers. but have a couple steaks on the menu too. You know what I mean? Like serve me a lobster every once in a while. Yeah, that that, but also, I mean, I think part of the problem here is also that the the, the gourmet cheeseburgers are not delivering. They're not. It's not, you know, au cheval. It's it's something else. Sometimes yeah, just, it tastes like I, a veggie I, burger. Sometimes right. it's like the bun is bad. But like it, they are not consistently delivering high quality gourmet cheeseburgers. They're charging you for the gourmet cheeseburger, and sometimes it's McDonald's. Right, I, and I, I would say, I guess my counter to that is, I do think that they maybe are delivering some of those things that just aren't for me. Right, like maybe all the Shondaverse stuff or Dahmer. You know what I mean? Like those were things that I think people generally were really satisfied by that maybe you and I are not. You know. Does that make yeah, sense? I guess. I don't think. It, yeah, I mean, maybe we're not as, uh, as you know, uh, not as uh, omnivorous as we think we are. But I, I, I don't know, man. Like Dahmer was murder porn, and the the Shondaverse stuff is to me much closer to fast food than a gourmet cheeseburger. So yeah. You're right. I, I look, I think it's hacky, but I think that is the Shondaverse stuff is like, I mean, that's their sweet spot right now, don't you think? I guess it's it seems to be. Defense. It does seem to be. Um, yeah. But but for what it's worth, like the Outlaws is closer, is something more like, and it is, a, it's a Happy Madison production. It's, it's a, it's a lower level Adam Sandler genre film. Well, yeah, and in fairness, they've never gotten movies right. That's not a trend. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Not a lot of good movies uh, created by Netflix, but there were great shows, and uh, and those are all like all the good ones. Are, you know, the ones that they inherited are ending and right. are being replaced by uh, garbage. Yeah, tend to agree. So maybe you won't need Netflix after all. We'll find out. Yeah, so I we'll guess see. it depends how how locked in how locked in are you for Love Is Blind? Is the real question. Not at all. All right. No, no interest in Love is Blind. Then I think you're good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then I'll just, you know, I'll just grab it when I need to watch Wham or whatever. Right. Uh, I think, and, and look, if you have to watch Wham on your phone, such is life. Right. Such is life. Such is life. I'll save it, save it for the next play trip. Yeah, you'll survive. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, secret Invasion. Yeah, I have not watched as much of this as I would have liked because of my wife. Um, and the last few times we tried to get through the third episode, uh, our son wouldn't go to sleep. So we've, in three sittings, watched like two-thirds of the third episode. Um, that being said, like, I am interested in your take because I do think it's pretty... I don't know if it's fair to say it's like more than typical for 
the Marvel series now, because I think each Marvel series really has been a different sort of thing. Um, and I feel like most of them, but especially this one, kind of come closer to qualifying for your I'll take one leap with you uh, sort of superhero rule. Um, and I think, you know, Secret Invasion presupposes this race of aliens <laughs> that exists. But other than that, it's it's kind of just a spy thriller, and I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, my response to that would be nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Um, nope. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Jordan Peele movie. Uh, you're right. That there is kind of only one leap here. Um, but right, my problem with multiple leaps, right, is they the, when you start when you start breaking multiple rules, right? Like you just wind up in this place where anything could be anything. Right. And the problem with secret invasion is the one leap here is that anybody could be anybody. Right. That anyone can be, anybody can be anyone. So right off the bat, I'm also kind of like, all right, okay. Like this is just not going to be super practical, right? Like that. We just don't know that the person that we're looking at is actually the person that we're looking at. It, that's, that's, it's a really tough leap for me. But beyond that, I just don't find the show around it to be interesting. I feel like the Nick Fury character is a bit of a waste of Samuel Jackson's strengths because he has to be so fucking grumpy and stoic instead of more like the, you know, you know, the Samuel Jackson that we love. I feel like the first are on him a little bit. Sometimes, but I feel like part of that is the kind of, like, beat-down, dumpy version of Nick Fury that he is at the beginning of the show, and I have a feeling we're going to get more and more Samuel L. explosions as the season goes on. Yeah, and maybe that's true. I'm just, I'm already having a tough time with, like, just the plot machinations and the, you know, oh, the guy's dead, oh, now he's on the ground, and it turned out it was an alien the whole time, thing of it all. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear that. I didn't think of that way of processing your uh, your alien objections, but I guess it makes sense. And yeah, like I just, I don't know. I feel like Marvel is in a bit of just a creative slump in general, and, and this series feels very indicative of that to me. It's like I have... I've been to this. I've been to this movie, and I've, I've hung out in this bar. You know well, it's I mean? interesting because actually, I think. I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy, the new one. Uh, you know, I've not seen Guardians of the Third Guardians of the Galaxy, and I actually thought it was very good. I thought it was better than the second one. Um, maybe not quite as good as the first. I'm not sure anything will match that. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it, um, and it feels like a good thing for the Marvel Universe. Although it does sort of tie a bow on some of those characters. Um, so I, I don't know if I agree with the overall slump thing, although I do think that's semi-popular. I think what, what Marvel is in is a significant transitional moment um, where you know it remains to be seen if the new stewards in terms of acting of the flag of sort of the tent poles are going to be able to do what the last group did. And and it's a tall order. I mean, you're basically replacing Robert Downey Jr., um, Chris Evans, I think Chris Hemsworth, although maybe he's still doing some Thor. Um, like the whole Scarlett Johansson, like it's a... Yeah, and at the same time, the DC is basically completely rebooting all their stuff, right? Like they're well, yeah, but they've got their own problems. It's coming out, and then uh, and then a whole new thing next year, right? So yeah, but I mean, DC is still like DC is. (laughs) I don't think Marvel's worried about DC yet. Um, (laughs) They've got like every single film that comes out still has a major issue, whether it's Ezra Miller being a, a crazy person or you know nobody caring about Black Beetle. Yeah, I mean, look, I... Uh, or is it Blue Beetle? Sorry, Blue Beetle. I don't want to do the whole Disney Plus thing that we just did for Netflix, but if you're looking around, right? I mean, Star Wars, it's been a while since there was new Star Wars content that... That's coming. ...we're generally excited about. Whoa, uh, oh, stop. it's been a while stop. since Marvel had a TV hit. 
Well, we'll see about whether it's good or not, but there is Star Wars content that I'm excited about coming soon, I believe. What's the thing that you're excited about? Uh, there's a series with... Um, oh, wait, is it? No, no, it's not a cartoon. Uh, there's the... Uh, or is it a cartoon? Uh, I can't tell now. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm expressing some mild surprise that you're excited about a cartoon. No, I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's live action. It's the Ashoka series oh, the with, with uh, the um, our girl there. Yes, Rosario Dawson. Thank you. Um, and it's directed by John Favreau, uh, or at least developed uh, by John Favreau. So I am, I am hopeful for that. And I haven't gotten to watch the la- the latest series of The Mandalorian because I've been waiting on my slow, slow wife. And also we've been moving across the country and whatnot. Uh, but I heard good things and, and I'm, because I have not. And I know that there has not been the excitement for that, that, you know, certainly, certainly we had in season one. No, but I think that's inevitable. Like, I, you know, when it first came out, it was this incredible unknown shot, the thrilling new thing. Luke Skywalker shows up. There's a new, yoda animal like there's so you know i don't think i don't think it could possibly be expected to have the same cultural impact in its third season as it did in its first but like i didn't see bad reviews of it Mm. um you know it's 85 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes so i'm i i and here's the other part of Disney Plus. It's for kids, you know. And let me yeah, tell you, talking about the adult part of it, obviously you're going to be able to watch Bluey and. Well, it's uh, not just Bluey though. Like, there's Bluey and there's other things that, like, uh, uh, you know, adult loved kids cartoons. But like, I can tell you that Spidey and his amazing friends about miniature Peter Parker, Miles Morales, and Gwen, Ghost Spider, it gets an absolute five star stand up out of your chair, scream clap review from my four year old. Um, he wants nothing more than to watch Spidey all the time. He, his uncle got him, you know, spider, the ski brand. Yeah. His uncle got him like shorts and a t-shirt from that brand. And he runs around all day saying time to Spidey swing in his, in his ski clothes. <laughs> like it. Right. So there. that's the thing. Like Disney, you may be right to a degree that it's in a similar boat to Netflix, certainly outside of those two properties, Marvel and yeah. Star Wars. There's yeah, nothing for grownups. Those big friend, the big tentpole adult things that they're doing are struggling. That's, I guess, what made Yeah, I mean, I, Marvel is in a weird place, undoubtedly, but I see it as a transitional place, and, and I guess, to me, it's more of an open question than a struggle. Um, Star Wars, I... I it's hard for me to contextualize what Star Wars is or is even supposed to be at this point in time. Like, yeah, what is Star well, Wars? I think it's and tough for them too. That's why there's literally no movies in the pipeline. Yeah, I well, I think it's tough. So, and I'm not like, there's a little bit of like the, the idiot American American capitalistic mindset that takes over here of like, well, what's next for Star Wars? But like, maybe that's maybe it just is maybe. Star Wars is done. I don't know that, and and I'm not sure that there's, unless someone comes up with some other great idea, I don't know the value to creatively and artistically for an audience of more Star Wars content. Like this Ashoka thing could be great, but anything that starts telling more stories like Andor, right? Yeah. Well, if they do like, that, there then there ought to be a whole universe of those kind of stories that could just kind of fit in within the existing framework, you know? Yeah, and and I think that's great. But at that point, like, I don't even sit like I I uh, to a degree. Part of me is like, great. I hope they do do that. I like that universe. I'm attached to that universe for a variety of reasons. But also, like, if that happens, like Andor. God bless has virtually nothing to do with Star Wars as I knew it as a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
I know technically it's the plot is involved with the other stuff that was happening in the Star Wars. Fine. But it's really just a show about a guy, right? It's like a show about a guy who's in some trouble and has to do some things. It's not. So I guess what I'm saying is they can. Yeah. (laughs) And they can make more stuff that is good that is called Star Wars if it makes them feel better. But whether it's good or not is going to be determined largely by just if it's a good idea. Yeah, but and that idea isn't Andor kind of you know examining like what it means to be a rebel, which I do think is sort of part of like I can see how that fits within the larger Star Wars universe, right? You know, sure, totally, totally. Uh, But but it's sort of you're like we are shoehorning it in just as they have shoehorned it in like Andor would not be a worse show if it existed in a totally different world than the star Wars world. It would be the same show. You would just have to like change a few names here and there. Yeah. Maybe that's what I like about it. (laughs) Well, yeah. And, and honestly, I don't, I, I don't think it is right. But I do think in a way like not being saddled with the baggage of, the core Star Wars characters we grew up with is something that that show benefits from in as much as they just made a good show in and of itself that happens to take place in the Star Wars universe as opposed to trying to retrofit something directly into the, you know, central Star Wars plot lines and, and stuff as we knew them growing up. Yeah. Um, Okay, should we uh, talk about something that we did like? Yeah, just to finish that thought, the difference between that and Marvel to me is Marvel is, as a at least from my understanding, as a cinematic universe, is forever tied to the comics. They're not really making up significant new central characters on film. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's true, but it's like there's so many comics and things that sure. happen in those comics, you know, sure. I mean? and like multiverses and things being erased and not like I, I mean, you, you know, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty broad canvas upon which to paint. It is, but like, it doesn't. It it still requires being in that Marvel specific Marvel universe to some degree. That like the Star Wars universe of Andor, for instance, like you could have shows upon shows that have nothing to do with the Force ever in the Star Wars universe, right? And then you've essentially removed the magic from it, and it's just stories about people. So it it feels like they have a much blanker starting canvas to work with when they're creating new things in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd love to watch a boys style Marvel series that was about regular people in that Marvel universe, like realizing what a pain in the ass the superheroes are. I think they do have some, some of that content. If you start digging into the Disney plus Marvel library, but something tells me that's not on your agenda. It's probably not happening anytime soon. If I'm being real. (laughs) and i think like i think the people who like marvel feel the same way so i don't i don't know that there's going to be a lot of that content (laughs) but you know the boys is great we love the boys we'll keep watching the boys (laughs) no one's complaining about paying for amazon prime right am i right oddly enough uh i do i i have a little bit of a a little bit of an amazon prime (laughs) complaint story this this week well listen we all have guilt about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we may have some issues, but we're not. No one's considering canceling their membership. Some of us may have bought something uh, for a not small amount of money that immediately went on sale uh, for Prime Day two days later. Oh, that's upsetting. It was very upsetting. <laughs> you just couldn't wait, huh? I mean, you knew Prime Day was coming. I did not know that Prime Day was coming because that's how oh. little pet- attention I pay for Am- to Amazon. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, I was getting like alerts and stuff anyway. It's getting emails about it. Probably, yeah. I, yeah, sorry. Um, Got to start checking the promotions tab of your Gmail, there, buddy. I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> did we? Did we watch anything on Amazon this week? We didn't, so I can't. I can't big up it. Anything? Yeah, um, I don't think we did. What was I watching on Amazon? I was. I was watching something on it. Oh, it was Guardians. Yeah. I finally started uh, uh, the new Mrs. Maisel season. 
Oh, I got to do that too. My, you know, I don't want to spend the whole podcast complaining about my wife, but she has like one of these, uh, what do you call She's holding you up, right? She's got a, uh, damn it. What's it? Oh, a job. She has a job. Right. Um, so she, but she's doing the don't watch without me thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, right. She does. And I ultimately what needs to happen, she forgets though. So like, I really should just watch stuff and she'll never think of it. But I feel bad. I, there's also my own guilt to play with here. So yeah, that's tough. That yeah. is tough. I can say that would be a challenge. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's let's should we move on to the bear? Yeah. I'm Shifting gears to bear. stuff we liked. Because I because I do I want to uh, glow about something. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, look, it's it's not exactly breaking news. We literally talked about it last week on this very podcast uh, that this show is amazing, but. Um, man, what a season! What, like, what an incredible season of television! I, um, I, you know, we. I, I think the the Seven Fishes episode obviously is going to get a lot of attention. Um, and I think it's an amazing flex for the show because they, you know, stocked this family. Um, yeah, they did. Full of like. <laughs> incredibly charismatic uh and gifted actors that you could tell pretty much are on the show because they like the show you know <laughs> yep um, which was great uh and that episode is everything that it's cracked up to be uh, like just the the tension um around the fork and what's going to happen to the fork you know what i mean like um amazing it is, it's incredible but what I was going to say is that I thought episode seven was even better um, when uh, Cousin Richie goes to work. Amazing. At the, um, uh, super high end tasting meal restaurant and kind of learns about service and purpose. It was so damn heartwarming. I and, just, and, and. Incredibly moving. And, and I thought it really made the sort of <clears throat> perhaps otherwise unbelievable 180 character turn totally believable and totally felt off. Like that episode was so good. And, and even Moss Backrack or however you say his name was so good that I 100% believed he found purpose. You know what I mean? I, it, yeah. They really sold it. And by the way, you know, there are no episodes of this season that are gathering dust. And I think very quietly, the episode where the bakery chef, you know, the dessert chef goes to Denmark, Denmark. is also an unbelievable flex by this show. It is... It, I mean, it really belongs to to me at the absolute highest rung historically of thirty minute television. Yeah, like there just is there are not shows this good in this format. It doesn't happen. Yep, I and, and everything it's doing, whether it's doing uh, romance or. You know, showing you what it's like in the kitchen, or I mean, I loved how much of the season was just watching some of cooking. these secondary characters find out more about themselves, or the cooking, or you know, like I have a friend who has a lot of dietary hangups. Oh man, you know what I mean? And should meet my family. I can't get him to go to one of these like tasting menu places where it's like you just don't. Don't worry about what the food is that we're ordering. Like this, right. this is person's gonna make something great. Like just put it in your mouth. Or you right. can't get him to do that. And like I almost want him to watch episode seven to just sort of like understand all the thought that goes into this meal and all these like hidden hand things that are happening that you don't even see and why why yeah, it's okay that you can trust that this is just gonna be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I think it gets so many of those damn details right you know well and it it really it i i you know more so even than top chef to me it understands why every now and then 
the fine dining is worth the ridiculous price tag. It's not just the food, although it's primarily the food. The food is incredible. It's everything. It is the care and attention and importance that's placed on every piece of everything. And this show not only gets that about restaurants and fine dining, it, it like sort of takes that care with itself. Every, every fragment of every scene on this show is like delicately placed with a tweezer. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how like, it's not afraid to show its characters with like warts, right? It's like, you know, you think cousin Richie has this like moment of enlightenment and then he like, gets on the phone and, and, and he's an <laughs> asshole again experience is like why are you trying to make me look like an asshole you know what i mean like and and of course you know of course carmy it like you know um it loses his shit in the yep. industrial refrigerator and is not a it's not a good person at, the, at precisely the wrong moment you know yep. what i mean like yeah um you know, and, and sabotages you know, himself just short when it matters. And what an incredible scene that was where like, he's, you, you can see PD like trying to, he's processing all of what this means and what this means for his wife and like trying yeah. to prevent it from happening. But he knows that he can. And like, Oh, like it, there, there's just so much communicated on the faces of the incredible actors in this show. It's, I, I just I effing love it, and I'm gonna watch the season like three times before, uh, before yeah. the next one comes out. Like I said, the ant that's what's what I said last week. The answer is not to slow play it. The answer is to just watch it again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so great. I'm sad that there's not more episodes to see. It is sad, but I also feel like not only rewatch this season, but going back and starting from the beginning, I. I can only imagine be, between stuff I've forgotten and stuff I may have missed the first time, it'll be a fully rewarding experience. Yeah, I, th- I think that will be true. Um, shout out to John Mulaney for just showing up for a while. That was cool. Yes, uh, a classic, a, sort of a classic, like dickhead with a cheesy smile, John Mulaney performance. <laughs> but then even he has like a very sincere moment, you know? <laughs> Really, I, I I just just can't say enough good things about this show. It is so effing good. Um, yeah, it's, it uh, it really is. I love it. Um, the other thing that we were going to uh, finish watching, um, I'd say less successful for you. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm just going to do a thing here because this is where I didn't do my homework entirely. Um, but, you know, I... I basically, pro- I think I proved to the teacher in this case that I, I get the concept of the homework and it just wasn't worth the uh, struggle to finish it. I, I I have loved Black Mirror despite the fact that it is often scarier and creepier than I generally go for. Because it has always, to me, been fascinating. Every, Virtually every episode has been fascinating from the standpoint of what the potential downfalls of seemingly thrilling new technology can be. And I think it's been so thoughtful and creative and interesting, thought-provoking, with the way it has, through five seasons, gone about crafting these sort of horror stories in the in the colloquial sense if not in the movie genre sense about technology it's that fascinates me and therefore i've i've enjoyed myself despite more of a sort of horror genre type thing than i would ordinarily go for the first episode of Black Mirror season six this season is projecting technology and is telling a potential horror story. And in that way fits for me with, with the, with what Black Mirror is and has been. I just thought it was kind of a, at best a middling episode, definitely a bottom half of, of historically of, of black mirror episodes, right? Yeah. Much bigger on that episode than you are. I think. Okay. Like like it's, it wasn't bad. It had some really good 
sort of cameo star appearances. It, it was an interesting thought. There's like, yeah. there are some aspects of it that are literally being debated at the writers and actor strikes right now. So it's certainly not too unrealistic. But but I just I didn't love it as much as. I can think of so many Black Mirror episodes I loved more than that. Whether it's Donald I mean, Gleason, in, the, I would put it in the in the in the top ten percent, if you will. But I think it's definitely top half for me. Okay, so uh, whatever. That is a small difference of opinion on on how high it ranks, right? Yeah. I watched four out of the re- remaining five episodes, and I don't feel that any of them are like if you had shown them to me. And ask, like, what anthology that you're aware of would these fall into? I would have guessed, although I've never seen a single episode of any of them, I would have guessed that it was one of the, like, American Horror Stories anthologies. Well, look, there's, I mean, there's one obvious difference between the episodes that you're talking about um, and, and most Black Mirrors, which is that all of those episodes uh, take place in the past. All of yeah. Them, right? So, that that is well one might be like the present i guess um but it's like a sort of blair witch style horror flick about uh, people with video cameras which um, one are you talking about sorry the lock oh no that's a isn't that i mean i guess it sort of starts in the present but it's really about something that happened in the 80s ultimately right so kind of right. but I like it, i guess it does technically sort of take place in the present yeah you're right. right but but tech- mean, VHS tapes are a big part of the storyline right so yes yeah. and 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 more to the point there's really no it's not the vhs tapes that like again it's not just that they take place in the past it's that they do not center technology in a meaningful way that that like they're not what black mirror is if I asked you before this season, what is Black Mirror? You'd say it's an anthology television series about the sort of potential implications of technology, mostly future technology. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I slight spoiler. Like near future. Okay. When I, I think of uh, there you go. Black Mirror. Generally. Near future. But, but they're not all near future, right? The one with Jesse Plemons is like pretty far future. Anyway, that's yeah, not the point. Yeah, the point is they're all in the future to some degree, but even if they're not to me, even more important than the, the where it takes place in the timeline is they all center technology and they all sort of center with the, with the possible exception of San Junipero, which is like a happy version they all center on like the perils of future technology that we all are are otherwise excited about, right? It's almost it's almost like a warning. Black Mirror is almost like a warning, and these other five episodes, or at least the four of them that I watched of this season, that's not what they are. Yeah, and I one of them has a fucking werewolf, man. That's I not. Hard, I think it's not hard to read Lock Henry um, as. Yeah, the technology is not different, but the warning is really more about the obsession with true crime that exists currently, right? And, I guess, but how and, is it a warning and, about true and crime? Line, and the line between, uh, you know, telling these stories and exploiting the people and, and victims involved, right? Like that's sort kind of, of that except is the, about me. I mean, maybe. But it's not their interest in true crime that's the problem here. It's the fact that, and again, I I, I got to spoil these things to talk about them a little bit. But like, it's the yeah. fact that the guy's parents were killers. That's a horror movie twist, not a Black Mirror twist. In the in the Zazie Beats one, it's a fucking actual werewolf. That's a horror movie twist, not a yeah, like. Yes, there are paparazzi the here. A metaphor, right? Yeah, right. Like it's really about the the. The paparazzi and whether you are victimizing this person that you're photographing and what your role is in, in, in you know, when you're observing people being treated, like, how do you deal with it? Like, I, like, I think all those things are wrapped up in it. Those I, things I, are wrapped up in it, but they're no longer central. They're no I, longer I, the point, And they're frankly not very interesting. Like, of course, the way those paparazzi behave in that thing is terrible to me that it's much more the paparazzi thing or the 
you know, true crime thing become the sidelines of a horror flick in the same way that like, I'm sure there are some philosophical implications as a sideline in Saw. But the point is, a dude is chopping people up and it's a horror movie. The point is not centering the, the implications and questions I mean, you don't, about... You don't think the fact that like Zazzy Beats is like, rather than, than killing her as the werewolf asked, that she photographs her killing herself instead? Like, I mean, I don't know. I think the whole paparazzi thing is pretty central to it. I, I guess here's to me like I, I don't know I feel like how you feel about the third episode I think is is revealing here because the the third episode which is the Beyond the Sea where um, Aaron Paul and uh, Josh Hartnett are, are astronauts in uh, I guess the early sixties yeah um, to me that is an episode that kind of has your forward leap in technology it's just sort of said in the past right right that one is definitely a little more technology and i'm curious just how you feel about it yeah it's a little more black mary but it was i it just was pretty predictable i thought yeah i mean i think once once he started showing up in uh in the other guys uh you, you can sort of see where that was headed a little bit i thought I thought yeah. Josh Hart was really good in that, but I actually it's him doing that. Again. I agree. Again. It, it took me half an hour to realize it was Josh Hartnett, um, and then I was like, "Wow, he's like a an adult person playing an adult role. That's kind of cool." Um, yeah, everyone was good in that. It, it, it you know, I yeah, that one I guess is maybe a little more like the first one in terms of like it's a little it's. It's relatively black mirror but just not one of my favorites. Um, and again, just because like once I got the gist of what was happening 10 minutes in, it was like, oh, so he's going to go in and fall in love with his woman and like this is going to get all messed up because of he's trying to, you know, get sexy with the other guy's wife while he's dressed up as the first guy. Like, I, I don't know. It, it didn't. And again, I think part of the reason it's predictable is because it's not sort of taking us to the unknown. It is retreating to the past. So I don't know. Maybe they just felt that that they had done all they could do with the future and that the best way to tell new stories was to go the other direction, but it just didn't work for me. And yeah. and then certainly with with like at least half of the episodes here, it just... And I get what you're saying that like Zazi Beats takes that picture at the end, but even then, like it's not being a paparazzi that got people killed. It's not being a paparazzi that got us into a questionable moral situation. It's there's a fucking werewolf. The fucking werewolf killed people. Like that's why people are dead because of the magic werewolf. I feel like I'm you now. Um, <laughs> you do sound like me. <laughs> and and that's fine. Like it's not that I have a problem with that story. It's that to me it 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 erases what was interesting to me about Black Mirror, and it makes it just a horror flick, which is totally fine. And and maybe it's a good one. I don't watch those because I don't like them. I see. I think this like like to me. I'm not going to really defend the Maisie Day episode because I do, I do think that's one of the, the lesser black mirrors that that we have. Um, so I'm I, I like I get what you're saying. I feel like for I don't know. I feel like that episode you know pretty much just ruined the rest of it for you if that makes sense to the point obviously where you did not watch episode five. So. Well, I felt like uh, this about the about episode two as well though about the the lock because yeah. because again I I get it like the yes. True crime, our obsession with true crime bothers me as well, but there's no message, there's no like, you know, cautionary tale aspect to, well, if you're too into to, to true crime, you might find out that your dead dad and your alive mom are like psychotic sex murderers. See, I don't think that's the, like, I, like, to me, it's about understanding, you know, what you're showing what you're right like there's this whole thing of sort of the nature of film in it and like i don't know like i like we i mentioned this last week when we talked about it but just the look on that guy's face as he's winning a bafta like for me is as as black mirror as it gets you know what i mean and i feel like well but except the journey of that episode to fully understand why that look is in that place you know 
that look is because his parents were killers, not because he and went to he went too deep. Because his parents are killers, I think it's because all of this stuff happened, and he's like, it, it's not just about his parents; it's about his girlfriend. It's about uh, it's about all of the 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 feelings of the people in this town and yet he's sort of being celebrated for this right on if street. he had if he had gotten to that point because of his obsession with true crime if that had happened because like but but the fact that the big twist is his parents were the killers which is why his girlfriend got killed cuz his mom was a fucking murderer like I don't. I mean, his mom leaves a note that says, "For your film, mom." You know, as she as she kills herself, right? Like that's I don't know. Like it's it's a lot there. You, you know see what, what I mean? I'm saying, though, right? Like I do. I like I get I get your issue with it. I, I don't necessarily share it, but I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the issue, like like the 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 central problem in in the first five seasons of Black Mirror, in virtually every Black Mirror episode, the central problem that precipitates the plot is the technology. In, in this episode, to use the Locke episode as an example, the central problem that precipitates the plot is not an obsession with true crime or the fact that he goes too deep into a true crime story. He's already deep as shit. Yeah. His parents are the killers. <laughs> I, look, I see it, and it's the same thing with Maisie Day, right? Like it's exactly it, they're, they're, these are comments about culture more than they are about technology. Uh, but I, I didn't mind that as much as you did. Yeah, uh, well, and yeah. again, it's not so much that I mind it terribly as that to me, it's not interesting enough to make me enjoy what is essentially a pretty standard horror movie in terms of like <laughs> well, what is happening on the screen in front of yeah. you. I think yeah, yeah. I, I I related to you, and I was like, you don't have to watch Demon Seventy Nine A because I didn't think it was going to change your mind. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it also wasn't all that different from me and how I was feeling about Secret Invasion at the time. <laughs> uh, so I was like, all right, turnabout's fair play. I'm not going to watch any more of those, and we're going to be good. <laughs> so, um, so there you are. So I I understand the, the genre thing bugged you enough that we were probably in trouble there. Um, yeah, and it's not like it's it's not it's not. I feel like it is po- probably sounded largely like a philosophical objection to horror, but it is a scaredy cat objection to horror. I just don't like it. I don't like the way horror films make me feel. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't watch them. And that's and like hit like like again as an example the uh, the. Don Don Donald Gleason episode of Black Mirror, where he orders, or she, I guess his wife orders the like the robot Dom Gleason essentially exactly, yeah. like be right back. Is that the name of it? I think, I think it that's it. It's it's super horror-y in a lot of ways, right? It's scary. It's upsetting, but the fascination with the sort of allegory it's telling kept me locked in and and interested and provoked thoughtfully enough that i it's pretty horror right which one played the wyatt russell one where he's like the video game tester yeah exactly but it's also super interesting in a way that you know the uh, werewolf paparazzi story just is not for me um all right well fair (laughs) <laughs> that's that that's I'm not, I'm not going to convince you to love werewolf paparazzi that is that, that would have been a better episode. name for that episode although i guess <laughs> it would have given away some of the plot probably probably would have given away a little bit of the plot yes that's that's fair all right um, yeah no worries <laughs> um all right, I think that wraps up all the stuff we got to talk about this week. Should we do some homework? Yeah, let's we're, do some homework, oh, man. Right, we are we're taking another week off. Yeah, I think it's going to be on the two week schedule uh, until the challenge starts again on August tenth, and then we'll have an episode uh, on that Friday, which I believe is the eleventh, and um, we'll go weekly after that to cover the Challenge USA, which seems to have a slightly different format. 
Yeah, it looks like there's going to be some vets in this, and I, it seems like maybe on their own team. Or or maybe there's like a challenge team and a Big Brother team. Like that, it, it's. Yeah, I think there's a challenge team, a Big Brother team, and a Survivor team, and probably a one other show team. Maybe um, not. Um, but I don't know. There but may actually appears to be a vet who's he was on the big brother team as opposed to the vet team. and not just fessy there's a couple other people i saw in the in the photograph who are on the big brother team that are oh paulie was there almost unrecognizable but he was there oh yeah maybe i just didn't recognize paulie yeah there there's a there were a few um and michelle is on the survivor team as well but i don't really she's i don't more, count her as a vet <laughs> like i don't count her as a challenge man i still consider her as like a survivor interloper that that's what does that say about me yeah um paulie's there i mean she definitely is a challenge vet by any normal de- definition right no josh was there on the big brother team i believe um so yeah it'll be interesting um all right um it, it should be interesting we should probably also mention the big top chef news since the last time we recorded yeah i believe you had this specifically and we we sort of had it together generally that it should really be a past top chef winner or veteran and we came up with a few candidates but you uh you had Kristen kish specifically yes yeah i, I definitely thought she was the the prime candidate and she in fact has been selected um uh, to take uh, Padma shoes. so And she's uh, going to be great. Uh, they also revealed that the next season of the show is being filmed, uh, I'm guessing as we speak, because I think they're there now, uh, in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, um, so there you go. Since that's right smack in the middle of us now, <laughs> maybe we'll actually get to eat some of those places. Yeah, I think we might have to meet up at a, at a restaurant in Milwaukee or something, Madison, something like that. I, I have to say... I feel like I have eaten in most of Madison's good restaurants. Um, maybe not. There might be like a fancy great one I'm not aware of, but I, I spent some time in Madison. Um, Milwaukee, I don't know that I've sufficiently explored, but I, uh, I can tell you one thing. There will be cheese on this season, this season of Top Chef. <laughs> I think that's insane. There will be cheese. It will be in curd form. Um, I'm There's gonna definitely going to be like a go. Separate clubs and some fish fries probably. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I also yeah. think they will, they will for sure like go to a cheese farm and see the process of making curds and have like a cheese curd challenge. Yeah. I just think uh, – I mean, you know, one of the, you know, we, I've talked about this on the show before, but one of the side, you know, uh, I don't know, benefits is the wrong word, side effects. <laughs> one of the things that happens when you live in Minnesota is you just develop a healthy distaste for Wisconsin. So sure. Um, well, so you I, know the old see uh, how I feel about a lot of this season. <laughs> you know the old Chicago joke. Why? Why uh, do they? Why no, do they call Chicago the Windy City? Why is that? It's because Wisconsin sucks and Indiana blows. Oh, I see. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah. um, it's not just it's, Minnesotans. Yes. Like Chicagoans and Minnesotans as like sort of reluctant Midwesterners share a lot. And really it's not Minnesotans. It's, it's Twin Citiesers, right? Yeah. Because um, the minute you get outside of Chicago or the Twin Cities, like you're right back in the Midwest, Midwest. Um, yeah. But also, te- you were technically in Wisconsin in a lot of ways. The movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. But like in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and in Chicago, there is like a a healthy distaste for the rest of the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If anyone from Top Chef is listening, I don't know why you hate Atlanta, but just please do a season there. Come on, it's this is getting ridiculous. We're yeah. in Wisconsin. I I feel like uh, I I am empathetic to you from from a distance on this one. I get like I feel your pain every (laughs) every time they announce a new city and it's not Atlanta. Like I it 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 hurts me at this point. Yeah, what are we doing? I mean, we've been to Charleston, we've been to Kentucky. Yeah, (laughs) and look, God love cheese. Feel personal, (laughs) you know. We had everybody. Cheese is great. Uh, Cheese is undefeated. However. 
it's one episode, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus, one episode. There's going to be a beer episode too, obviously, right? Of That's course. Uh, yeah. Probably go to Anheuser to Miller uh, Miller Brewing, something or other. Yep. Uh, Maybe it'll right. be sponsored by High Life instead of a, a <laughs> sparkling water. Same difference. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, just let's, have let's instead of like oh. instead of showing like uh, Saratoga spring bottles, they'll just show a champagne tower of High Life. <laughs> champagne. Champagne beers, everybody. There it is. Um, all right. So here's your homework this week. We're, we're yeah, all of that, by the way, is about homework that won't happen for at least a month. Months. <laughs> months. Yeah, months. Um, the league uh, is sadly not a, a, a sitcom about fantasy football. Well, uh, I mean, it is. And sadly. it yeah. is. And that show is good. However, it is now also the name of a documentary that's also supposed to be very good, although far more serious, about the Negro Leagues. Um, and it is available on Amazon Prime right Andy, now. I, I'm not sad about it. I just missed the league, the fantasy football show. Yeah. You know what, though? Uh, the, uh, I, I, in a way, missed the league as well. I, but I would remind you that the league showed us why it needed to stop for at least a full season before it actually <laughs> stopped. Probably, probably fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that right. show screamed at us. Uh, we're out of ideas for a while before it went off the air. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, we, we're also going to watch Goliath, um, which is not a superhero show. That is a Will Chamberlain documentary. Heavy documentary uh, week. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I guess we're skipping the quarterbacks one. By the way, right? I, I'm. I'm not aware of the quarterbacks one. Oh, you're not familiar with the Netflix quarterbacks series where they follow uh, Patrick Mahomes and um, Kirk Cousins and uh, Marcus Marietta through last season? No, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to watch that show, by the way. It's, 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 uh, it's out now. Am I, am I willing to sit through Kirk Cousins to see – Two guys I think might be interesting in diff very different ways. I don't know. I don't know that I, I am. Kirk Cousins, uh, it's not as bad a watch as you think it might be, is what is what I have heard. Mm. I, I don't think anyone is going to go out, out of their way to say that he's interesting. But Well, no time this week, so maybe so next time. Uh, I have a friend whose uh, tweet is prominently featured in the Kirk Cousins, <laughs> like like literally. The tweet is they put it up on the screen. Is it a tweet uh, about how how he's mediocre? Uh, it is a tweet about how he must have buckets of Cole's cash. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know why that's funny, but it really is. Shout out your friend. <laughs> yeah, it was a good tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good enough that it made it back to Kurt, certainly. So, there you go. Uh, there you go. Anyway, I guess we're not watching quarterbacks, but that that's out there. I'm going to put it on our, our little sub list here. Yeah. Uh, um, but we are watching Goliath. That's on Paramount Plus uh, or Slash Showtime um, or Showtime on Paramount Plus. I don't know. Who knows? However that works, find it. Um, it's getting a lot of press you should be able to figure it out yeah you'll figure it out uh we're gonna watch a movie um which is available on amazon for free i believe uh called vengeance it was in theaters i don't know sometime last year with bj novak uh and ashton kutcher and lots of other people um i've heard it was good so that's what we're rolling with that <laughs> fingers crossed uh, justified city primeval been waiting for this one to come out i probably should have headlined that but i didn't write it down first uh, and that will be on Hulu. Um, but, you know, we love Justified and, and Timothy Oliphant specific, and we're excited that it's coming back. Yeah, I feel like Timothy Oliphant isn't something else we're watching this week, but it, I can't remember what. Although it's, I suppose it's probably not Goliath or the Negro League documentary, so uh, maybe I can speaking figure it of, out. Speaking of Amazon and Timothy Oliphant, you never finished uh, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, did you? I did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really loved that one. And also had, uh, you know, Tim, Tim the Elephant showing up quite a bit more towards the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, it was like, it was kind of, I don't know. It was, it was uh, 
a, a much better fictional music series than some of the other things that have been out there this year. I would say. Yeah, I agree, and I, I like I found the end heartwarming, even though they're not real people. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, so job well done. I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <as laughs> I was like, good for those crazy kids, you know. And then, yeah. then I was like, they're not real. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to spoil the end. I a story well told, I would say. Many people have seen Daisy Jones and the Six, so worth um, watching, even if you yeah, knew the end. Uh, and then we're gonna watch uh, a documentary. Um, if I can get it on my phone. Uh, on Netflix for Wham, which I believe is just called Wham. Wham. Do you know, it is only with the release of this film that I remembered that George Michael passed away. Oh, really? It's just, and that made me realize I have reached the age where, because this is, he, he, you know, it was like seven or eight years ago he died. Um, it, in fact, it was Christmas 2016. Wow. He died on Christmas. Some, there's something there. Uh, he, um, not that he's like a specific hero of mine or anything, but I, I have reached the age where like so many of the famous people of my youth have died that sometimes I can't remember which ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, that's a landmark on the way to the, to the rubbish bin for all of us. Yeah. It's weird, but that's a thing that sort of happens to me now where I'm like, shit, did Aretha Franklin die? You know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. Will in their couch. No, no kidding. Yeah, you didn't. Just, there, this was just there was just a big court case about this that the, they decided that the will that she left in her couch is the in fact binding contract that's going. to Wow. Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, I didn't. I and I did remember that I used her as an example because I knew she was dead. But but that's where I'm at in life. And part of that is I have a terrible memory in general. But it's also just hard to keep it straight. There's too many. Too many people I cared about for one reason or another have have gone, um, which is sad. And it's about to get, it's about to be carnage for like the the people I really cared about growing up. Yeah, you now we're coming into that. I sure. mean, all these actors and actresses who were in all the movies I saw as a kid, you know, yeah. most of the ones who are more than a decade older than me are like entering the danger zone it's you were you're gonna be that guy that watches the oscars and like the death tribute thing is gonna be like the part that you're looking forward to yeah exactly if the yeah. oscars are even a thing anymore who knows what's <laughs> gonna happen i'm yeah by the way emmy nominations came out this week in succession and Barrett did awesome and i don't think there's gonna be a ceremony for six to eight months at least so i don't yeah it, does it even matter you know no. I mean? yeah it's a weird scene man but uh, it is as a member of SAG-AFTRA, I support our union and I stand in solidarity with the WGA. Fuck those streamers. Get every penny you can and don't give in. When did Fran Drescher become the president? Because I um, thought it was still the girl from Andrew from 90210. No, I, it's, I it's been a change. year or two. Okay. Yeah. And there have been some real question marks about her leadership, but she gave a good speech when she announced the strike. <laughs> I was just gonna say that was a fiery speech. I didn't, I didn't really know. Uh, I didn't know Fran was involved, and I didn't know how she felt. But I know now. Oh yeah, um, she said her piece, and and look, ultimately, I think the the actor strike was necessary. It, it's I half joking. Uh, uh, I mean, I am a member of SAG-AFTRA, but it, uh, I'm not on strike. Um, if I was, nobody would care. I, I don't have but a real I do job. Think if you're the directors, you're looking around going. Uh, why did we cave? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, That's a tough one. So we'll see. It would not hurt them to just be on strike with the rest of them at this point. No, uh, no, they can't do much of anything. Um, and and I I think a a, a full on actor strike was the only way to really move the needle for the writers. So um, I think it's a good thing. And and I do think like. 
this is this is a way and look, I'm not totally naive, but this is as good a way as the world has access to to attempt to retain some artistic integrity in capitalistic, uh, you know, art-based industries, in, in TV and film specifically. Like, all that Netflix stuff we're talking about Look, will will writers and actors getting a better deal fix it? No, but it gives it a fighting chance because as much as Joan is Awful was a, a mediocre episode of Black Mirror in my view, it, it and as much as like specifically it's probably unrealistic in terms of like tracking someone's life on that day, it's in terms of how the technology works to create the show. We're not that far from streamers trying to do that. If writers and actors don't assert some control. So, uh, you know, if, if we think we're sick of what Netflix is doing now, give them five years to use AI, um, unless something's done. So I, I do think it's a pretty important thing. Yeah, and I also think, uh, and I, I think this is maybe the thing they're least likely to get in all this, the chips, that I, I do think that getting the streamers to have some sort of success metrics and be more transparent. Yeah, about some level of transparency. Yeah, is, is something that really needs to, to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, I, look, I, I don't know. I almost part of me is like, okay, fine. Like if you want to have some, some verticals or whatever that are just AI producing crap that, you know, a portion of the populace is perfectly satisfied with, go ahead. But I I'll literally pay you extra for good stuff. You know, like yeah. I just can't believe there is Text not. Netflix. I will pay you extra for good stuff. Yeah. No, I, I can't. I cannot believe that there is not, at some level, a viable business structure that allows artists to make good art and also make some money. I think the problem is that these streamers are so capitalist and so determined to have continued growth that they are setting unrealistic financial goals for an industry that, like, where, where they're not appropriate. Yeah, well, we will. Uh, <laughs> That's a bigger fight, and frankly, it belongs on a different podcast. Yeah, um, it's going to be a long and bitter one. I have a feeling. We've put our homework out there. We got to go. Yeah, let me uh, just just to recap <laughs> what it weighs around. The League on Amazon, Goliath on Paramount Plus slash Showtime or slash whatever, uh, Vengeance on Amazon. Justified City Primeval on Hulu and Wham! The documentary on Netflix and we will see you in two weeks. Bye! Game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.